Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Donna Gerard, who is the author of Who's Tougher Than Us? The Realities of Teaching. Donna, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. Love to have you on and love to get into it. So if you won't mind jumping right in and telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Well, I am a retired teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, or I should say semi-retired teacher. I just took a position in my local school where I will be teaching science to middle schoolers. I will be doing that for the rest of the year. So I will have to say I'm a semi-retired teacher turned writer. And I started writing this book, Who's Tougher Than Us? The Realities of Teaching, because throughout my career, teachers sit around in the teacher's room. I say, oh, you're never going to believe what happened today. And yeah, we kind of commiserate among ourselves. And we always say, oh, we should write a book about this stuff. So when I retired, I wrote the book. And the title is Who's Tougher Than Us? So it's kind of the we ought to do that. And I ended up doing it. As far as what I like to do for fun, I love games to a ridiculous extent. And I mean, literally anything. I, my dream is to be good enough at chess that I can go to Central Park and sit down with the pros and be able to last more than three minutes. (laughs) I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but I try. Just curious, Donna, do you, um, do you ever play online chess at chess.com? I that's what I did while I was waiting for our for our appointed time. Are you serious? <laughs> I absolutely did. And which, I won. Uh, which uh which time uh what what time games do you play on? Like I've been playing a lot of because I'll often just pull it out in a social situation and I'll play the one minute games where you get a second every time you move. Um is what I, I do the 15 play. minute I do 15 minutes but you get back 10 seconds 15 minutes 10 seconds yes because no I I do not I certainly am not anywhere near a one minute game <laughs> and I don't even trust myself with a 10 minute game <laughs> so it's kind of on I don't want the games that last all day but uh, I don't want anyone to be taking an hour to get their move exactly but no i i can't really be be given a time limit (laughs) i gotcha i gotcha and what's your elo right now with the 15 10 oh i think it's like 854 i gotcha i gotcha i'm only i'm down in the 800s (laughs) there we go do you ever watch okay and then we'll get back to the podcast do you ever watch any chess youtubers I do not. Mm. I am not good enough to follow. 
I did watch or I started watching a master class with Gary Kasparov. Mm-hmm. But in the first five minutes, I realized it's like, yeah, this is out of my league. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what he's talking about. I gotcha. There are these two YouTubers. It's Gotham Chess. He's one of them. He's not, he's a highly rated player, but he's not like grandmaster status. And then there's GM Hikaru. Do you know Hikaru Nakamura? I do not. Oh, he's a really good grandmaster. Always in the talks with like Magnus as well. But I love watching those two play because I've learned a lot about chess just from watching their videos. But, you know, just fun stuff. Fun stuff. Okay, so back to it. You love playing games. Specifically, you want to get good at chess. Right. And uh, there's a an older game called Ticket to Ride. Yep. Uh, I, I think it's just the train game. And I can spend a ridiculous amount of time doing that. I find it very relaxing. From time to time, I find that I have to unplug from it because I'll find myself dreaming about those trains. Like literally <laughs> in my sleep, I'm dreaming about the the the, the train and it makes a noise every time you get a route. Mm. I have to unplug from that every so often. I gotcha. I gotcha. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more. So we kind of know what you like to do and you love playing games. You're a semi-retired teacher turned writer, but what about your motivation? What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Well, part of my motivation for this book is that I understand that teaching is in trouble as evidenced by the teacher shortage. And I want to see two things happen first, and this must come first. I want to see less pressure on teachers, less financial pressure in that many teachers need to work second jobs to make ends meet. I want to see less paperwork because so much of our jobs is trying to get the lesson plans done and try to get this report done and that report done. And in honesty, if you took away any of those things, I assure you the sun would still rise in the morning. We just don't need all of that. In fact, we don't even need most of it. And that just takes so much time away from teaching. I would like to see less testing pressure. Mm. I would like to see more of teaching students according to their abilities and their interests and less more math, more language arts because it's on the test. And I would like to see less expectation of work beyond paid hours and less threat to teachers because of students who are unruly or even violent. And those are the conditions that are making teachers leave. And the second thing I would like is to have teachers want to be teachers again. I would like to see the end of the teacher shortage. And I want to tell the world that teaching is a wonderful, productive, and joyful profession. There are trials and tribulations. Those have been, always will be. 
but there are joys and satisfactions that make the bumpy ride worth the trouble. Mm. There we go. Well, the next part is about your dreams and goals, but it sounds like we just jumped into a lot of that. The less financial pressure on teachers, less paperwork for teachers, less testing pressure, more teaching students according to their abilities and interests, which I really like that point, less expectation of work beyond paid hours, less threat to teachers, and then creating a world where teachers want to be teachers again. That's what I got for the dreams and goals. Is there any other thing that you want to add on to that dream slash goal vision for your life aspect of things? At this point, uh, I'm very much, I do have other things that I would like to do. I have a game in development called Go Ballistic that I would eventually like to put out there. But for now, I can only focus on one thing. And my book is the focus right now. And I, it's not at all a how-to book. It's a book about what it's like to be a teacher. And they're just all stories from my life as a teacher. And I want to promote that now, which is proving to be more difficult than actually writing it. Yeah. Yeah, the marketing of a book can be very... I've talked to plenty of authors on the show, actually, and it's not the easiest part. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, if you don't have an audience beforehand on social media or something, it can be difficult. Right. And I am absolutely finding that out. As I went through the querying process, trying to publish my book with a publisher, they seemed all seemed very interested in what my platforms are. And I'm looking at all these forms and like, What's a platform? Yeah. And I do have a website. Yeah. Quite simply, DonnaGerard.com. And I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. But I'm just starting to figure out what to actually do with them. Mm. And I'm finding out that, it, you know, it took me a year and a half to write the book and that was arduous but fun and then i had to publish the book because i ended up publishing it myself and that was very difficult but i had a great consultant uh, martha bullen who walked me through the whole process so that was done and now i am learning that I might spend the rest of my life promoting this book. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, hmm. what are the, we're talking about book promotion here and that's kind of your next hurdle that you have to jump over. What yes. are the top one to two skills that are going to make this dream life come true? Is it book? So when I'm looking at your dreams and goals, you have book promotion but if you just get, say every teacher on the planet, say every person on the planet read your book, do you think your book would end up getting the results that you're dreaming about? Or do you think there are other skills and things you need to develop on the backside of the book to help people after they read your book? I found 
trouble with one particular tra- chapter as I wrote. Mm-hmm. What I have found is that teachers, particularly young teachers, are very much afraid to speak up about what's wrong in education. Mm-hmm. They're especially if they're not tenured, they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to be the one who says, why are we spending all these hours on this particular report? It doesn't do anything for the kids. It's taking up my time, but I wouldn't dare say anything because that same principal will come in and give me a bad evaluation. Or what if I don't get tenure? What if I don't get my pay increments? And they're actually afraid of that. So when you have the situation that teachers know what's wrong in education, but are afraid to say anything, fearing retribution, that doesn't speak to addressing the problems in education. So I don't know that I can actually do anything to help anyone after everybody has read my book, but it is a platform for discussion. And I'm hoping the powers that be who would read this book would say, wow, maybe we can get rid of these reports. And why are these teachers having to work after school programs and have to work through the summer and have to wait tables and do side businesses just to make ends meet. I think that I'm just in the position where I don't have to worry about retribution. So where the young teachers can't speak up, I think I can say what needs to be said And I'm sure that there are many people who can add to the pile of problems. Because when I write, I only write from my own experience. I don't think that in my position, I was paid particularly poorly. I'm also from New Jersey. But a teacher from... Alabama or Kentucky or Arizona might have twice the hardship that I do. So it's just a springboard. I can only speak from my experiences, but they have other experiences to add. And I think that it's a springboard to that conversation because things are not going to get better until we have that conversation, until we address the issues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, um, something I thought I had while you were speaking is my fiance is very into the education space. She isn't a teacher, but she's like an education consultant. So she wants to make the world better for a lot of teachers and make school better for kids. And she's talking about some of the problems. And a question I always had is like, what would it look like if it was better? So I really like that you have this first book about your stories as a teacher. But this isn't like a by the end of the year, but just by the end of your life. <laughs> um, okay. I think 
I think you should write another book talking about the ideal day and ideal impact a teacher would have in the system and like how that teacher would feel going throughout their day. And when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about like a, there are books that get at business lessons through parables. And so maybe your next book could have a fictional twist on it. That is like the day in the life of a teacher. And it's the ideal day of like how the teacher interacts with the kids, what impact the kids have, how the teacher feels going through the day, what resources they have provided to them. And then what unnecessary work is cut out of their day that leads to all of this stuff. So it could start like really disgruntled teacher. If I'm looking at the, the story arc of this character, the beginning of the story is like you in the book that you wrote, a teacher with those experiences, and then the whole system goes through reform and you kind of like write out the theoretical way that reform could happen. And then the end result. Because I think that would be a really helpful piece of literature for the education system for people to cling to. And the best part about it is it would be controversial. And when something is controversial, it will have two sides coming, which will really create that platform for discussion in a like more action oriented way, almost like it's going to aggravate in a way that's like, here are some action steps we could be taking right now. Why aren't we? And that question is going to be out there. And then it'll have people talking a lot more. Just a thought that I had while you were talking. That's a great thought. Uh, So a utopian novel set in a school system. Yeah, pretty much. A utopian novel set in a school system that is like very realistic, like down to earth, grounded with your experiences and the experiences of other teachers. And if you wanted to do some marketing for this novel, start interviewing teachers to get ideas of experiences to add into the book and then like dedicate the book to them. And then they'll tell their friends. And, you know, if you have a podcast about that, all that good stuff. Well, my idea for my sequel already sort of along those lines is no one's tougher than us. And I would like to be the editor more than the writer and collect the stories of other teachers. There you go. Now all you need is a writer. I need many writers to tell me what it's like elsewhere, because just like in no matter what your walk in life is, you weren't on any of the other walks in life. Mm -hmm. So while I'm in an urban school in New Jersey, I have no clue what the issues are in an upscale private school and i have no idea what it's like to teach in appalachia Mm. i have no idea what it's like to teach anywhere except where i've been and the corollary to that is nobody else knows except for the teachers in my particular school nobody else knows what that's like So we do need those other stories because my reality is not everybody else's. Somebody once told me a story, and this is just not a problem that I ever came across, where it was report card day and a parent came in and her 
his daughter had failed the class because she was caught cheating and the father came in and offered her a large sum of money to make the problem go away. And that is, I just listened to that and I'm like, really? That happened? I mean, occasionally I've had parents unhappy with the grade, but nobody ever tried bribing me. Yeah. But I guess in her situation, which wasn't geographically that far from mine, that actually happened. That's wild. Yeah, and I do hear other teachers have talking talking about parents come in and the crazy parents that come in. And I don't write about that at all in my book. In my experience, I can count difficult parent conferences on one hand in a 34-year career. Mm. That is, and that, again, that's just me. I'm not saying that it's not an issue for someone else. But I found that the parents that I dealt with were fantastic. They were cooperative. Some of them might be a little bit distant, but many of them, the problem was a language barrier. They could come to school, but you know, I've literally found myself at conferences leaning out the door saying, you know, is is there no one there that speaks Spanish? It's like they're around all day. Where are they now? And I have this, it's like there's not a single Spanish speaker there. And I guess that's just an issue in any district, regardless of the language of the immigrants. Yeah. But by and large, I thought the parents were great. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I love that you already kind of have your head wrapped around your next novel and how you're going to do it and how you're going to get all the uh, stories of those authors together i think that's going to be really impactful but what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop to make this world come true where all of these things are reality for teachers i think i need to develop tenacity to go through the process of social media because that is the way of the world now and that is the first skill that I have. I actually have written 20 blogs because as I said before, I've taken on a job that starts next week. So I'm not going to have time to write blogs. So now I am going through the easy part of revising these blogs. I have all my first drafts done. And for anybody else, this would be the easy part. But for me, it's like, now, how the heck do I schedule this onto my website? <laughs> so I have to find someone who can help me with that. And I realize that, you know, you, you're you much younger than me. You could probably sit there at your keyboard and three minutes later, okay, I'm done. Move <laughs> on to something else. And I'll be sitting there for three days thinking, okay, now, what was I supposed to do next? What do I hit? <laughs> so it's the tenacity to work through that and to get the word out because I want other teachers to read it. 
but I also want the powers to be to read it. I want principals and people who make the rules on the state level to rethink all the documentation that we do. Hmm. And I have a a book, I have a chapter in my book just on paperwork. Yeah. And when you read it, it sounds ridiculous. And I'm okay with that because it is ridiculous. Yeah. It sounds crazy. And it's even crazier because this is what's happening in real life. And I had, and I will, this is in the book. So I'm sitting at my desk after school and I'm writing lesson plans and I'm in the zone. I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to teach this? What are we going to read? What are we going to talk about? What labs are we going to do? I'm having a grand time. I, I really always loved crafting the lessons and a new teacher comes in and she's literally got tears in her eyes and she's holding this big old binder in her hands. And she's like, I don't even know where to start with this. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know what to do. And I take my lesson plans and I physically push them aside on my desk. I'm like, okay. And I grab my folder. I should be doing this too. And in that moment, there was the revelation that we're doing it all wrong. This data here, which is going to take seriously 12 hours to do, is useless. And I should be working on my lesson plans. And the new teacher should be in her room working on her lesson plans. And we're not going to work on our lesson plans because we're going to chase phantom data for kids that we don't even know. And we're going to make predictions on how they're going to do based on these numbers that may or may not be accurate. And we're going to spend hours doing it. That's what I want the powers to be that read. And I want them to say, yeah, we need to get rid of this report because it didn't help anything in its entire existence. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I um, Useless work is one of the biggest things that grinds my gears. So <laughs> I could definitely see the frustration that a lot of teachers would feel with a useless report based on useless numbers. Especially taking that much time. Yeah, absolutely. What are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals. We got that you need to learn social media and tech and have the tenacity for that, but what are your daily actions? Well, I did form an association with a publicist who is going to help me get reviewers and hopefully get me on the must read for teachers list for influencers on Pinterest and get me more podcasts. So as for my main activity today, it is sitting here talking to you. 
So yeah. this is what I have to do. And yes, you are the highlight of my day today. <laughs> there we go. And I just have to keep doing things like this. And I will tell you that a former associate of mine who is, I, I don't know if she would want me to mention her name, so I won't, but she is was writing about uh, on Facebook today about a teacher that she had who made her keep writing. And she would say, I, I can't do this. I, I don't even know where to start. She's keep writing until you figure it out. And back when she was in school, she's like, that's terrible advice. What am I supposed to do with that? But then she said, and now I thank her because as an adult, when I don't know where to go in my writing, I, um, when I don't know where to my writing, I keep going until I figure it out. I would thank her now for that advice. So I just kind of asked her off the cuff, oh, what are you writing? As it turns out, she is getting a doctorate in educational leadership. And as it further turns out, she is teaching an online class to education students. And she invited me to be a guest speaker. So I said, yes, of course. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So to answer your question about what comes next, lots more of this. Mm. There we go. I love it. And is there a character trait that you need to develop right now to make this all come true for you? Tenacity and belief in myself. Love it. I have to keep going, even though I don't know what I'm doing, find somebody who will help me, ask people. People are always willing to help. And I have to believe that I can climb any mountain. I look back and I think, would I ever write a book? How am I going to write a book? But one page at a time, I wrote a book. And how am I going to publish the book? I can't find anyone to publish it. So I went step by step and I did it on my own. And this is no different. And it's no different no matter what it is you're trying to do. Just step by step, ask for help when you need it, and believe that you can. There we go. The tenacity and belief. That is so key. All right, this one is about people in your life that might be able to change, um, that might be able to help you kind of take that next step. So if there were one or two people that you can meet and we think of a specific person or a type of person and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would this person be and how would they help you? Quinta Brunson. Okay. Can you spell her first name? I'm sorry? Can you spell her first name? Q U. I-N-T-A, mm -hmm. Brunson, B-R-U-N-S-O-N. There we go. Quinta Brunson is the power behind the TV show Abbott Elementary. And she is, as far as I know, she is, she acts in it 
and she is the writer and she is the producer. She is the originator of the series yeah. and a wonderful series. It is, it's kind of like the office meets school and Quinta Brunson is about as high profile as you can get right now. If you, if on new year's Eve, you were watching the ball drop in times square, Quinta Brunson was right there doing the countdown. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my friend's living room watching the ball drop. And I'm just thinking, there she is. That is the one person who I want to hold my book in her hands. Because if she were to sit on her show with this book in her hands, everybody in that audience would want to read it. She is such an influence in the media right now. And she could get my book started big time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool. Quint Brunson. Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. My favorite movie, almost, I'm going to qualify that, is an older movie called Pay It Forward. And Pay It Forward is a book about a boy who has a school project. And he comes up with the project of doing good deeds for people and telling them to pay it forward. So let's say you're standing online at a cash register and the person in front of you is short $5 and you give them $5 and you say, pay it forward. So maybe someday that person who was short $5 will be doing better and will donate money to somewhere else. So it's just kind of a matter of if we all do good deeds for each other and pay it forward, do something good for someone else. It's a giant ripple of goodness going across the entire world. And although I say it's almost my favorite movie because I abs- I won't say it, but I hated the ending, but I love the idea of all of us working together can accomplish anything. Facts. Facts. I think the power of, A, paying it forward, right? Just goodwill multiplies so fast and it moves so far. But then I also think um, goodwill collectively is just so, it like exponentially grows, which is really cool. You know, you have three people paying it forward, then six people paying it forward. It's like, with three people, you may impact 20 people. With six people, you may go impact 100. And then with 100 people paying it forward, you may go impact like hundreds of thousands of people. You know, it's just so cool how quickly it grows when you have people doing something collectively. So cool stuff, cool stuff. What is one way you like to take care of yourself? I do like my downtime. Mm-hmm. I like to watch TV at night with my husband and I play games on my laptop and it's just getting a good story and a mindless game that relaxes me. And I also try to get my 10,000 steps every day. 
there we go. And those are just, that's my self-care. Hey, 10,000 steps is much more than I do every day. So more power to you. <laughs> awesome. I try. I didn't say I succeed. I try. <laughs> what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Quinta Brunson? I have asked the publicist who I am now working with to help me with that. I think that she has more computers. This is going to have to be done electronically. And if she can come up with a way to meet her or knows her schedule, I will stop what I'm doing to be where she is. A New Year's Eve, I'm like, as much as I say the last place on the earth that I would like to be is Times Square on, on New Year's Eve, I would have braved those crowds and whatever weather you want to throw at me to be there with me if I could just get right in front of her. Here, please take this book. Yeah. So if I had to go to be in the studio audience of a show that she's going to be in, or if there were a live taping of the show, I would go there, whatever I could do. And I don't even know what to do, but I would do it. This is really interesting. There's this book called Giftology, and it's like gift, G-I-F-T-ology, which is like the study of gift giving, I guess. I don't know, something like that. But in the book, I'm forgetting his name. Oh my gosh, what is that dude's name? I've recommended him so many times on my podcast, and now I'm forgetting his name. John Rulin. <laughs> so in the book, John Rulin talks a lot about how giving gifts can get you into the door with people that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get into the door with. So if you want to think outside of the box, something to do to meet Quinta might be to research kind of who her family is and what they really like and then give them gifts that are according. So if, if she had like three kids and you got her kids, the perfect gift, she would write you a thank you letter for getting her kids, the perfect gift. And now you would have an open line of communication to Quinta or what you could do in the book. It also talks about this when you want to get your book in the hands of really famous people, there's a certain way to package the book. If you package it, like it's a, I don't know. It might be like 20, 30 bucks for the packaging. And you put the book in this box and it's kind of like a Jack in the box where when you open it, it like pops up and it's a big confetti and it's like, woo, cr crazy stuff going on. And um, that'll catch their attention because when you catch their attention, they'll think about you for a second and they'll remember it. They might even tell their friends about it. And so just read that book. It's like a two to three hour read. It might give you some ideas of how to infiltrate Quinta's life. Infiltrate's a weird word. How to just get in there and build a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay giftology i will remember that awesome sounds good sounds good now we're going to jump into our last series of questions and these can get a bit personal so if you don't want to answer them feel free to be like i pass and we'll just pass uh the first one is what's one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life if any i have given up on limited limiting i have given up on limiting beliefs I think we all think on some level that life should be a certain way and that we shouldn't deviate from that 
way. Our ideas of how things are totally dependent on the circumstance we were born into and the factors pointed us in particular directions throughout life. So no matter what you were born into, you weren't born into a gazillion other things. If your family grew up doing camping trips and somebody else grew up going to resorts and somebody else grew up traveling in Europe, whichever family you were born into, you didn't experience the other two. Yep. So you just get an idea of a vacation is camping. Well, a vacation is going to Europe. A vacation is staying home, fill in the blank. You've missed every single other way of being. And I learned from, of all places, watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> I can just remember this. And I was, I mean, I was I was a teenager when, when his show came out. But I can just remember flipping channels and I'm watching Mr. Rogers. And he talked about the variety of ways of being. And that there are so many ways to be and that stuck with me for the rest of my life that my way of thinking my environment is different than everybody else's in some way and we get fearful of deviating from that way we get fearful of going to that place or hanging with those people or eating that food or going into that business. And we all have, feel that way because we were all brought up in a particular set of circumstances. But I've come to realize that there are so many ways of being. So get out there and try that other food, get into that other business, meet those people, do whatever it is that's outside of your comfort zone because it will just widen your horizon. Mm. I love it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to know that you've kind of just shed limiting beliefs and are more open to like trying things and going after things because you really can get stuck in like how you think life is supposed to be and then it just you know keeps some people miserable and then others love it and to each their own so awesome well we got one last question for you then okay and i want to frame this next question so alex hormozzi said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent and i think his point here is that you're influencing people in both situations but manipulation is about getting people to do something you want them to do while help is about seeking to understand what somebody else wants and then helping them get there and this question is more about help it's not manipulation so there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink i actually found out from a guest on my show you can't get a horse to drink. You just have to salt its oats. So I want you to think of a person with a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, and they hate their life. How do we create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life? 
I don't think you can salt their oats directly, but you can do it indirectly. Mm-hmm. Keep including them. Include them in conversation. Invite them to the movies. Give them a copy of your favorite book. Ask their help or their opinion at work. Ooh, Don't try one. to change them per se. But by including them in your life and by exposing them to other people, you're showing them a different way to be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I. That's the whole idea behind, you know, creating the environment, because when it comes down to it, the question I used to ask before this one on the podcast was. Uh, what makes people change from a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change? Because I was really caught up on trying to figure out how to change people. And the answer I kept coming to was it's a personal choice. So that's the first and foremost. They have to make a personal choice. Mm-hmm. That happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. So we can salt the oats in the sense that we can inspire people or we can ask them questions that shine a light on the things that they're desperate to get away from in their life. Obviously, they need to feel safe when you ask them those questions. You need to have a relationship there. But right. ultimately, we cannot make the choice for people. All we can do is create the environment that, like you said, includes them, invites them into our world, exposes them to other people and lifestyles. So I think that was a perfect answer. And I'm always grateful for any new opportunity that I have. I am mm. always grateful for someone who will give me an idea give give me a book that I never would have read mm-hmm. or take me to a movie that I would not have gone to on my own or even said, hey, let's go to a restaurant where I never would have eaten that food. And I just find that these are opportunities for growth. Yeah. Never say no to an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, awesome. Donna, that is all we got for you on the show today. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Just want to remind everyone that my book is Who's Tougher Than Us? The Realities of Teaching. And it tells all about what it is like to be a teacher. And it is affirming of teaching and of teachers. There we go. Awesome. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Donna had to say, make sure to check out the book, share it with a friend. And if you know any teachers that would want to be interviewed for Donna's next book, go ahead and connect them. Also, if you happen to have a personal connection to Quinta, go ahead and connect Quinta to Donna. Awesome. Donna, thanks for coming on the show. Guys, thank you for listening. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.